What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Justin, and you're listening to JRP Daily. You are listening to the 50th episode right now. How cool is that? I've been doing this episode for 50 days straight. I think that's really awesome. And for the 50th episode celebration, I was lucky enough to have a guest come on. I just interviewed Noah Jankowski, who is an Instagrammer, a finance nut, and has a lot of very interesting things to say and a lot of very good things to say on multiple topics. In this episode, we'll be talking about sports and the environment and finance, of course, obviously, and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. I'll take a second. And we're going. So we're live. All right, sweet. On the other end of the microphone today, I have Noah. I, I'm i going to butcher your last name if I try to say it. No, no sweat. <laughs> Jankowski. Jankowski, uh, yeah, you got all right. it, man. All right. Yeah, nice. We'll have a couple skis around here. So you are the man behind the Instagram account at Finance and Freedom. I am, yes. How I found you and how I got you on here. So... Let's start by you just telling me a little bit about that, about why you started that Instagram account. Yeah, so I've always had like, you know, a passion for finance and investing and stuff like that. And so out of a whim, like I've always kind of wanted to, you know, build a nice, like large Instagram page and kind of be influential and educate people and just help people in in the realm of finance and investing. And so on a whim, like I just decided to create this page uh, on October 15th (laughs) of this year, like two months ago. Yes. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. We'll run with it. And yep. if you look back at um, my IG growth hi- icon, you'll see how yeah. rudimentary like it was at, in the beginning and how like crappy the content <laughs> was. It was just raw content. And yeah. I mean, from there, it, mm-hmm. it just it built up it and yeah. it's it's become what it is today. Right. All right, what are you up to? What are you up to now and following somewhere around the 5,000 mark? I haven't looked. Yeah, so so I was at 5,000 yesterday, but I've gained about 400 followers in, in under 24 hours. So we're at about 5,400 mark almost. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, it's gaining an insane amount of followers, and I'm very you know, gr- <laughs> grateful for that. I don't I don't even know where mine's at. Mine's not. I don't, I don't like, dive into Instagram a lot. I just kind of started it to see where it would go. I started right. And you're doing that to leverage your podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I, exactly. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I got into the whole like online business sub market a while ago and I started trying affiliate marketing and I looked into Shopify and I'm still it's all still like a jumbled mess to right. me, but well right. um, I'm starting but, to finally focus in on podcasting and Instagram mainly actually, because they're frankly the more conservative investments for me to be trying to make. So that's very cool. So do you, right. uh, do you have a background in finance? Is that your, do you have yeah. education so, in finance? Yeah, yeah so, so I'm actually, I'm 20 years old right now. I turned 21 here on Christmas, so not, not too far away. Really? Yeah, yeah, on Christmas. <laughs> so not too far away. I'll be celebrating that quite a bit. That's going to um, suck. Given that, well, well, I hate it because, yeah. uh, think about it, the parents are strategic about how they <laughs> yeah. spend their money, and so... If I had like a birthday in July or June or something like that, the money's more spread out. So they're more apt to give me presents or give me more presents if I, my birthday was in June or July. But now they can like kind of combine it and say, yeah, oh, we'll just give you this. Like, oh, this just counts. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's I it's like as bad as that sounds, it's like, oh, it's like kind of shitty. It's like, oh, man. Coincidence that I had yeah. you on right around Christmas time, your birthday. Yeah. 
awesome. for sure. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so I'm a third-year uh, BBA student right now uh, at a university called Northwood University. That's uh, located in Michigan. And okay. I don't – where did you say you were uh, living? I live in northeastern Pennsylvania. Okay. So you are you said you're in the same time zone as well? Yeah, yes. In the same yes. time zone? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's yes. 1.30 like, for you right now, then yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got to check that sometimes. But, yeah. So I, I'm actually in a program called the – three plus one accelerated program. So I do, I take overload classes to graduate sooner. So I'll be graduating with my bachelor's in business administration in three years. This coming May, I'll be graduating. And then my fourth year, I'll be getting my MBA. So in 2020, at the end of 2020, I'll have my MBA. And then I also decided that because I only have to take six courses to get it, I'll be getting my master's of science and finance in 2021. So I'll have those, those three degrees under me. I have a minor in economics um, my my awesome. major study is is just business management. I didn't want to really specialize because I'm a generalist. Mm-hmm. I like to consult on many <laughs> different things. I like to have cross-functional yeah. knowledge. Um, but I started at a very young age uh, investing. In fact, I start, I think my first investment was 16 years old in a company called ConocoPhillips. And I invested $500. I went for the dividend. I was like, and I was immediately discouraged because I didn't see, like, I didn't make $1,000 or something yeah. right away. I was like, what is this shit? I was like, this is, this is boring. Like, and my dad, you know, taught me a lot about investing and that was a company that he invested in himself, but he, he urged me, like, he really told me like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about long-term. It's about long-term dividend growth. It's about passive income streams. And he's really good at that. Like he's built a solid investment strategy from that and a solid portfolio from that. He owns a ton of Apple, a ton of Illinois (laughs) tool works, like a ton of other companies like that that pay awesome dividends. And so that really urged me or pushed me to, to start learning more about it. And it's pushed me to become like a passive dividend investor. And now I have like a decent dividend income stream for how much I invest. And that's where my passion for finance and investing comes from. And that's what yeah. I'm sharing with the world. Yeah. So when, when was that that you started kind of getting into it, did you say? 16 years old, yeah. 16 years old. Okay, that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. I was like, because when you said your dad started telling you like it's about long term it's about passive income i just imagine myself at 16 year old 16 years old being like what in the hell does that even mean like, I, well like, i mean when he first told me i was like yeah. what, I was like what the hell is a dividend i was like yeah, I, I was like you're telling me these companies it. pay me free money every quarter yeah. i was like what the hell is that i i it took me forever to understand how the stock market actually works for some reason that that just was not something that clicked in my head it finally has Honestly, over the past like year, probably uh-huh. it's 19, 20. I'm also 20. And, um, but yeah, so that's when I start seeing people or like you see those posts like Warren Buffett invested, started investing when he was well, like 11 years old. Yeah. When he's like, 11. How, how did you understand I, what was happening? When... You know what? You know what? I give it, you know, just to give ourselves a little bit of credit. It probably was a bit more simple back then in terms of the, the structure, but but yeah, at 11 years old, wow, how are you even like you're even thinking about that? Like at 11 years old, I was running around playing baseball outside, rolling yeah. in the dirt, being an idiot. So like, yeah. so Warren was just wired. He was just yeah. born wired a different way. But yeah. but like you said, in the past year or two, I've really reached like an enlight- enlightenment stage with the stock market and its inner workings and how I can leverage it to build my wealth and build my future. You know. All right. So do you do you like trade like day trade anything like that or are you just more kind of a long term investor kind of person? So I have dabbled in day trading in 
the past. I made okay money. You know, I didn't make anything like thousands of dollars per trade or something like that. I just didn't like it because it's not passive. You have to be glued to a screen. Oh, yeah. Actively trading and doing a lot of research. And guys like Timothy yeah. Sykes like are one of the, some of the first guys I ever started watching for investing videos and investing guidelines and stuff like that. And I loved him. He's a good guy. Um, he's doing yeah. a lot of good things right now with his, his nonprofits and stuff like that. But that's not my style. My style is more like a Warren Buffett style. I'm looking for uh, companies with value that pay a dividend and that can yeah. build my passive income streams. Yeah. So, so companies that you, you know, you truly believe in, and you're not you're not really looking at. Well, I mean, you're looking at the dollar signs, but you're not really just following the dollar signs as much as right. It, other exactly. Things I'm not, that have to do with companies. I guess the best way to say it is like I'm not looking for a quick buck. Like I'm building. Mm -hmm. I'm building a base. And a lot of what Warren Buffett says is, especially value investing, um, you don't, he doesn't necessarily look at the price of a stock. He looks at right. the fundamentals and the qualitative like uh, mm. ideals behind it, like the management style and their competitive advantage. Yeah. And then he invests from there because he said that price is an emotional variable and it makes us yeah. make different decisions. So Yeah, it is. Emotions are not welcome in the stock market if you want to be good no, at, it, at least no or not have any have any luck with it so that's okay that's really cool that's really awesome so you were just what are your what are your other hobbies and <laughs> what do you, do you, are you just, yeah uh, finance 100 percent of the time or can you can so, you turn it off what's your <laughs> no i do turn it off so <laughs> sometimes you have to man you have to release yeah. i'm sure you know what exactly what that feels like but i mean for most of my life i was playing sports i was a big baseball guy reached a point where I was at one point being scouted by the Chicago Cubs uh, my sophomore okay. year as a catcher. But um, eventually I just played so much it burnt me out. So I I reached a point in my life after high school where it was like, okay, now I need to find a new passion. And not only was that business and stuff like that, um, but I, put, I picked up golf. So I go golf a lot all the time. And you know that I mentioned I'm, being, I'm turning 21 soon. So I'll be in Detroit and Grand Rapids. Yeah. I'll be bar hopping here pretty soon. Um, hopefully not spending a ton of money, but <laughs> but I'll be I'll be with my uh, I'll be with my buddies um, doing that. And I also travel from time to time. Um, especially I like to go uh, to northern like up north in northern Michigan. Beautiful beautiful sand dunes. They have beautiful woodlands up there. Uh, beautiful campgrounds. And if you've ever been to Michigan or the upper, upper peninsula, then you would know like they have waterfalls. The lakes are gorgeous. A lot of like outdoor hiking and kayaking and stuff like that i truly enjoy that stuff and that's what you need to step away from social media like even though like we're social media guys and i've before this page like i was actually gravitating away from social media i was deleting snapchat i deleted twitter all that i only have like facebook and linkedin and yeah. <laughs> instagram now but because instagram is such an awesome opportunity and because i actually enjoy the instagram side of it yeah i you know, went with this page, but it's good to step away from it. And you probably, yeah. you know, understand that. And, and that's what, yeah. and just to share a little story, I know that, um, DIY entrepreneur, Carlos, um, who I collabed with before on some content, Carlos has actually done this from, for a couple months because he said his mental health or something like along those lines was, was suffering from it. And so I, I have, I like that. I took that to heart because I, I had a lot of respect for him to do that, and that takes a lot, especially if your page is growing. You don't, mm -hmm. you just want to kind of like coddle it and take care of it. Yeah. But 
you have to realize, you know, you have an outside, like, you have an outside life, too, and, like, yeah. you have to live it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say, what's what's the point in doing all this if you're not focusing on what you want to do? We're just actually exactly. living your life a little bit, so there's that. So you're a sports guy. Yes, I like time. that. I can resonate with that. Sweet. You're in Michigan. Are you a Tigers fan? Tigers fan, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunately. been a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough one these past couple of years. Uh, they had their chances in the in the early 2010s, back in 2014 and um, 2012, <laughs> if I can remember correctly. Um, but they blew it, man. I think when they brought in Osmus, it was just a terrible idea. <laughs> Should have brought back like a Pudge or something to coach, <laughs> and I would have loved that. Um, I still remember the 06 World Series. Um, that was probably my most memorable Tigers moment. That Tigers team was just a beautifully put together team. Mm-hmm. You know, they had Pudge, they had the Verland, early Verlander, they had you know Plasto Blanco, Brandon Inge. Oh, oh god, it was a beautiful <laughs> team. Are you, now you're like just an all-around Detroit sports fan, or do you verge out another all-around Detroit sports, sports fan? Ever since um, they built Little Caesars Arena. Um, where the Pistons and the Red Wings play. Now they have Ford Field, where the Lions play, Comerica, yes. where the Tigers play, and then Little Caesars Arena, all in one vicinity, like one square <laughs> mile. So it's yeah. popping in Detroit. Yeah, wow, dude. that is. It, it's insane down there. I, I got to catch a Red Wings game because I'm actually a yeah. big hockey fan. So am I. I. Oh, yeah? I've gotten really into hockey in the last two years. I just took a job, well, a job scorekeeping for like a recreational league here, and I've gotten... I've gotten really into it. I'm going to start playing here soon. That's why I'm doing the scorekeeping. They pay uh, credit so I can play for free in the league. But Dude, did you like, start learning how to skate and stuff? Yeah. yeah it's Dang, a lot of fun. I have to do that, man. I have to do that. Yeah, you do. It's, um, it's interesting, It's, but it's fun. It's fun as hell, and there's something about just like sliding around the ice on your ass that you just love, and it's a good— I, I know. <laughs> and dude like yeah. i've been around that my entire life my dad um has played hockey for 40 plus years never got me into it and really his excuse was, yeah he's dude he still plays like it's unbelievable how like the yeah. longevity of some hockey players yeah. like you see like i think in hockey you, you see the old like the oldest players compared to other sports <laughs> like in the 40s and 50s oh, yeah even. yeah it's wild and but it's a very aggressive sport but he's played for 40 plus years still plays in men's leagues and he's like, dude, I never got you into it because it was too expensive. I'm like, well, shit, like you it still is. play it, but I like, <laughs> like I wish I could have played it. I think I would have been decent at it at least. Now you're you're up in um, Michigan. Do you guys have a an, like outdoor rinks and frozen? <laughs> like you probably have more access to ice than I do. Yeah, like frozen ponds and stuff like yeah. that. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. The, a lot of the guys play pond hockey here, and uh, especially in my area, uh, a yeah. lot of the uh, Flint residents or a lot of the uh, um like guys in my immediate area in flint and stuff a lot of them have like you know ponds in their backyard and so they're all it's always freezing over and they're always inviting people mm-hmm. over to play pond and i'm like well shit i can't i can't play like i, <laughs> yeah. I don't have the, i don't have the gear and my skating skills are oh yeah they're rudimentary like <laughs> they're very they're very basic like you know you'll have the ankles like turning inside and out he'll <laughs> yeah. be stumbling on oh, the yeah. ice but oh shit yeah, you get those little bambies out there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so funny to watch and people. I, I don't know. I don't know what goes through people's heads sometimes. Actually, yesterday morning, I usually go and at my rink that I go to, they do a sticks and pucks session 
on like Sunday mornings. And I go to like the early Sunday morning ones. It's when the least amount of people show up because they don't want to get out of bed. And so I'll go to those ones. But there'll always be like seven, eight, nine people there. And yesterday I was just like skating around in circles in the middle because I'm trying to really I'm trying to really learn how to skate before I worry about anything else because uh, right. you can't skate. You can't do anything else. And all these all these guys are like feeling bad for me. They're like, you know, you could take a puck, you could shoot, you can do this. I was like, I know. I just I just want to learn how to skate first, <laughs> like skate well first. So, yeah, you want to get that feel <laughs> like, right No, it is a lot of fun. I've been I started I started skating two years ago. I bought all the equipment and shit last year. I was like, I'm just going to start doing this. And so now that's a slow progression to see where that goes. It is expensive, which is a pain, but I think that's why a lot of, a lot of hockey or a lot of the hockey cultures kind of, you see, I think on a little bit of a decline right now. And it's sad to see because, um, it's just, it's just a unique sport. Like there's nothing else like it. And because of how expensive it is, I think, the skating aspect too scares away a lot of people, you know, cause you have to learn to skate before you can actually play the game. Yeah. So that you have to learn two things, not one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are scared to do it too. That's actually uh, how I got into it was I started dating my current girlfriend around two and a half years ago around the same time. And she has a pond at her house and it was frozen and I had never been ice skating before in my life. And I did not want to go ice skating. I had no intentions on ever being on ice in my life. And she was like, no, we're going. And I was like, no, we're not. And then she dragged me up there, and she got me on the pond. I just got, I got hooked. Like, I got bit by that bug, and it's probably her biggest regret in life right now, because now all I ever want to do is be out on the pond or be at the rink. We just, like, 90% of our dates now are at the ice rink. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what we're doing. I don't really hey, know. you're paying money <laughs> what you want, the museum or something. Yeah, yeah dude. That's boring as hell, but that's awesome. I like hearing people that are actually hockey fans because you don't get to hear that a lot. Maybe you do more yeah. north where it's actually well, cold than you can actually. In, <laughs> yeah, in Michigan, dude, it's I think it's more of a lifestyle than um, yeah. a lot of places. But I think especially because we're so close to Canada, like I'm literally like maybe a 45-minute <laughs> drive from Canada. Canada. So their influence as well because yeah. they're so hockey-eccentric <laughs> yeah. and – it's a great culture, and I hope that it kind of reverses and starts coming back into the light, you know? Yeah. Actually, fun fact, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the podcast before in my origin story or anything, but the first Instagram page I started, slash online business I started, was a hockey page in the hockey niche, and did not go over that well, because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing at that point. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, maybe I'll revive that someday. That's exactly, that's so funny you say that. That's so funny you say that, man, because my first page was a baseball page. And and this was when Instagram, uh, this was actually probably like three years ago, and this is when Instagram really didn't punish follow, unfollow. And so that's all I did. That's what I was trying to do with hockey, but I worked or not. I stuck it out for a long time and got up to like 10,000 followers at one point. I think it's... I think I checked the page. I literally checked the page um, the other day just for fun, and it had like 9,000 followers. I tried to sell it, of course, and <laughs> that didn't work because it was just shit. But <laughs> but the engagement, I mean, it was getting probably like 200 likes a post, so it was like garbage. And um, But yeah, I didn't know any better. Like I, I didn't take it that seriously. Unlike this right. page where I take very seriously, 
never have done unfollow unfollow or unfollow or whatever follow unfollow yeah. and it's all been natural growth which is amazing to see and yeah, it's been much better than my last page obviously yeah, that's awesome yeah i did the same thing i mean i was in the follow unfollow with the hockey like with the hockey what i was just trying everything to see what worked what didn't it yeah exactly plunged, but you know that's kind of the point of your first anything is that it's gonna well you fail forward right you learn from yeah that. yeah and so, but then I started the Justin RP page. I don't do follow on follow at all. I really just don't care what's going on on it. And that's why I let it, like, I have right. like 180 followers. I don't know. It's nothing to really bat an eye at, but it's just, I, but I you post, care. you post your own content that you, that you enjoy. Yes. And then you're directing that. And you, cause you're still said, you said, you're still trying to figure out your niche yeah. or what you want to do. Right. And I think that's when you do that, then you'll focus more or yeah. then, then you'll start you know, hammering at whatever that you want. And that's yeah. fine. Cause I'm still kind of in that realm too. Like Instagram, I think, um, my Instagram page will become something really great. Um, because I've just been hustling at it and it will always be with me. Like I, that's something I want, but I want to make that a standalone brand as well. And yeah. I got a lot of plans for 2019 and my big, big goal is really a hundred thousand followers by the end of 2019. Yeah. Okay. So extremely big goal. Yeah. Uh, that's the way to go. Yeah, I don't I care. Mean, you might as well have lofty ones. You might yeah, as well. I don't care what anyone says. I hate the like the worst thing in the world to me is a person that has, let's say we're talking Instagram. Let's say you have someone with like 15,000 followers on Instagram and you're like, what are your goals for 2019? And they're like, oh, I'm conservative. So I want to get get that up to like 18,000. It's like, shut the hell up. That's not even a goal. <laughs> like. That's going to happen in a week, like, <laughs> like a week or two weeks. Yeah, yeah, like, honestly, like, that doesn't even count as a goal at that point. Shoot for uh, – it's better to aim high and miss it than to just give yourself a shit goal. And, right. Yeah, I mean, and, it's better to aim for 100,000 and end with 75,000. Yeah. Exactly, because then you can reiterate. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny that you say that, too, because um, I talked to Nick from Business – Driven, driven dream a lot he's he's practically my mentor at this point um <laughs> we talk on a daily basis and he's an awesome guy he's i i've learned a lot from him and his pages he runs three different pages he's a, he's building an empire man yeah. and um i remember when I, he asked about my goals and i said um oh i want to have you know about twenty thousand followers by end of next year and he said dude you need to aim higher like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like your your goals are way low like um you're not thinking big enough and i'm like you know what dude you're right. You're totally, <laughs> you're totally right. And, and I'm the first to admit that. And so I yeah. said, you know what? The goal is whatever. It's to yeah. the moon. It's, We're going to just going to keep awesome. hustling, see where yeah. the hell this can go, man. Yeah. Yeah, really. The, that, yeah. You hit it on the head. Like, uh-huh. I just, I think it's so senseless when you see these companies increasing their goals by like 7% every year, 10%. Like, do a hundred percent, double whatever you did this year, next year, and especially the smaller just, companies, man. You'll just freaking boom. Yeah, really. Yeah. Because I mean, I know that. I don't know if you. I don't know if you actively listen to any podcasts. I listen to a ton of them. I listen to the MF CEO project a lot. Most anyone listening to this right now knows that by now. But um, he did a whole episode on this where he was he was just going up a wall. He he gets really into it. He gets passionate. He's like. I hate these companies that are setting these like pussy goals for whatever <laughs> and so forth. And he said, no, he, he, um, have you ever listened to it? Remind me who, who does it. I've heard of the podcast, but I don't yeah. know who the, it's the MF CEO 
project. Um, it's uh, Andy Frisella is, is the entrepreneur behind that, and he owns okay. a, uh, First Form, which is just like this massive supplement. Yes, company. yes, I know and, exactly what First Form is. Yep. Yeah. So that's his podcast, and on that episode, he said, I forget what it was. It was back in 2007, 2000. It was right during the, you know, the whole crash. crisis. Yeah. yeah, all that. And he said, but right at that time, for four years, his company doubled every year for four years straight. Right through that recession, right through everything. And he was like, it's because I just put my head down and just fucking worked. Made my goals. Like Gary V says, like Gary V says, you know, 18 to 24 months, he just ate shit. I guarantee it. He just hustled his ass off. (laughs) And guess what? It paid off for him. And usually what's funny is, the best time to start a business is in downturns like that. Yeah. Because that's when a lot yeah. of people turn towards entrepreneurship. You don't really want to start a business at the peak of things because uh, you're going to have all these expectations like, holy shit, I'm going to do really well. And then, you know, the next recession or yeah. downturn comes, you're screwed. It's going to crush yeah. you. Yeah. You'd rather much, uh, you'd much rather start from the very bottom. And that's bottom. what a lot, of, yeah. a lot of companies have. Like, if I can remember correctly, I think Airbnb even started in, in the financial crisis or in that around that same time. And to see innovative companies like that come up in sh- such shitty times yeah. is inspiring. And that's a, like a lot of wealth comes from those shitty times. It is. And that just goes into that mentality of, you know, the old, old age old saying, it's not a matter of the cards you're dealt, but how you play the hand. You know, exactly. it, it's the difference between these companies that are sprouting up and becoming just wildly successful versus everybody else that's sitting on the couch wondering why they don't have any money is just they were in that 0708 crisis happening and they were just thinking how do I leverage this to the best of my advantage how do I make this work for me I can't change the situation at hand so I'm just going to make the most of it versus everybody else who's right the situation and saying I can't do this the economy sucks or I can't do this because I need to whatever else and it's just ridiculous to think sometimes how much people get into their own heads and don't no that's exactly right man (laughs) and you you know think about it in this way too if like just think about it like take if you start a business take it year by year and think about it like the longer each year that passes that you survive the the more likelihood that you're going to succeed it's basically survival of the fittest so yeah if you survive for one year, okay, your chances are better than it were a year ago. Two years, yeah. better than they were the first year. If you keep going, if you survive past five years, like, okay, it's looking like you're going to be all right and that you're going to have a successful business. Again, it's about outlasting the competition and just, it's, oh my God, you have to have mad perseverance. <laughs> and grit. You just have to yeah. have disgusting levels of perseverance and grit. And nice. I've been like learning that myself. You can actually build on that too. You can actually build that skill, because I know like a lot of the you know a lot of pages don't want to respond or like comment on big pages or interact with other pages even if they're smaller than them. But yeah. dude, that pays off so much. I'm not even <laughs> like I I I, sp- I I stay up for hours, dude, just to comment back on pages and to like pages, their posts and all that shit, and it pays off huge. And that's what kind of like probably what Andy Frisella did with First Form is he probably networked with so many people. He probably just yeah. sold the shit out of his product and his yeah. company. And look at where yeah. it's at now. Like yeah. First Form is huge. I seen him at the Arnold Classic. I, I'm a I'm a yeah. 
I'm a fitness guy myself, and that's probably that's another hobby I have. Like I'm a fitness enthusiast myself, and I've been to the Arnold Classic. I've seen uh, First Form, and they're massive. Got a lot of free yeah, shit from are. them. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they do a lot of stuff too. I have First Form ads just popping up everywhere all of a sudden. Uh-huh. I listen to that podcast so much. I'm not too into fitness supplement stuff like that, but no, it's really awesome. I really love listening to him and just his story and how and. He also had that element of, you know, that same Gary V syndrome, I'll call it, where he ate shit for a bunch of years and he slept, you know, he always, always brings it up on his podcast that when he started his first supplement company, because I think his supplement superstores is his other company that he started first. I think they're separate. I don't really remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure they're separate uh-huh. companies. He just started supplement superstores. For, but anyway, you know, his first business was the supplement store that he started and he's always, first of all, bringing up that for a year or so, probably some decent amount of time. He was sleeping on a piss stained mattress in the back room of his store. And, I believe it. And him and his, you know, business partner, you know, they opened up the first day. They made seven dollars. Uh, the second day they made absolutely nothing. And he's all about, you know. Oh, my the, the very cliche God. stuff. You know, don't give up. Don't like solve your problems don't let your problems fizzle and don't let them control you you know you control your situation your situation doesn't control you type of thing and i mean but look look where that went now all of a sudden now he's got one of the most popular podcasts out there he's got first form up to what it is so it's very very fun to watch very cool dude very he's a personal brand too which I think people underestimate yeah. personal branding because, you know, he's exactly just, he's just very, very high energy, very vulgar. I, I, I love another one of my favorite things about him is that he always brings he curses a lot. Yeah. So does Gary uh, v. It's, yep. it's, it's it's not. So does Gary Vee. And both of them have mastered this. What I love about Andy Frisella that he has said before is that cursing is an art. And I think he's got a really good point there because I, I hate some of the pages I see on Instagram, they're trying to just curse left and right and just be very foul language all the time because it's part of yep. their personal brand. But like at a certain point, it's just obnoxious. And I think you really do have to know how to do it. Yeah. Instead of just you have to be strategic with it. Every, yeah. Like it has to be natural. It has to flow and it has to sound like it's just how you talk. Yeah. No, no, that's you hit the nail on the head. Like <laughs> you have to be very strategic about how you use curse words to emphasize points. And to, to bring light to points. Right. And I've seen a lot of pages overuse curse words or just just run on with them. And yeah, you can just not only does it come off as obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Not only does it come off as obnoxious, but, you know, is that really who you are? And <laughs> it's kind of off-putting yeah. for followers. Like, I've, I, I don't think I've ever really used um, curse words on my, on my uh, page. And I don't really care to because... I just don't see the need for it. Yeah. Um, but I do personally brand. I do show my face. I do talk to followers. Like I've had FaceTime calls with followers just just out of whim, just because I like <laughs> to talk to my followers. Yeah. And I've had videos on my Instagram story. But you bring up a great point. You have to know how to use swear words. Because Gary yeah, Vee, when Gary, yeah, when Gary <laughs> Vee and Andy Frisella do it, it's fine. But some, <laughs> but I still think some people probably get like probably see it as off-putting. And, and don't like it but that's just you, you're not gonna please everyone that's just yeah. that's just a matter of point but you know yeah but I, I that's just one of my pet peeves 
to bring up while we're doing this is just like don't, don't just don't just swear left and right for the sake of swearing left and right like, yeah like you had you that purpose it, with it cool whoop-de-doo you know like i said most of my episodes are labeled explicit because i'll curse like once or twice <laughs> about the thing and then everything falls apart that's also very funny on that podcast is co-host of uh, vaughn is he's like their technical guy basically he does the editing and the yeah. writing and the scripting and all that and he he actually complained to them once they had i forgot who they had on it might have been this gary v episode there was one where he had gary v on the show too but um there's just what i remember they're talking to like a group of people and they just started talking about like all these types it's just just relatively inappropriate stuff just like uh-huh. joking around and stuff and his co-host was like, you know, every time you guys say something like that, I have to, like, hit another button when I go to upload this on Apple. Because, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, oh. Oh, poor guy. Oh, I bet they got their work cut out for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet they do. That's awesome, though. He, Andy Frisell is a huge inspiration. I think it's inspirational about that show, too, is that they just do it in one of their offices at first form. Like, he's just at work goes in the office, talks for an hour, and then just tears his microphone apart. Oh, my God. That's exactly what... Yeah, Gary Vee does. You'll see him at his famous... Yeah. You'll see him at his famous desk, and he'll, like... Yeah. He'll even have fans call him. He'll be, like, talking to... Like, managing his job, like, while he's on the podcast. Like, you can tell when, like, someone walks by his door outside, and he's like, yo, Damien, or whatever their name is. He'll be like, come in here for a second. Yeah, (laughs) he'll just be... Yeah, it's it's, unbelievable how how great of a multitasker he is and how like zoom, 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 you know he's just everywhere never turns it off no he doesn't like high energy guy i love listening to podcasts with him as a guest especially because it's always a matter of him having another meeting at 11 p.m or at midnight because that's what they did when he was on the mfceo project i think they actually uh shot it i think andy for went to new york to meet gary v with him and by the end of the episode you know they were just going they were going they were going they were going and by the end gary's like all right we've got to wrap this up eventually i have a meeting and they're like it's quarter to 11 he's like yeah i have a meeting at 11 and i'm like <laughs> Christ. the dude never stops no dude he's out for he's out for big big goals he yes. is, he, he's yes. got big things in mind yes he is and he's always got bigger bigger things in mind and i love listening to him and his mentality talking about how him actually hitting his goals how they're in a sense the worst points of his life because then he's just gotta he loves the journey you know he's always saying that i love the journey i love the process whatever i was listening to him when he was on the uh, joe rogan uh, podcast and they were talking about how his goal is to buy the jets someday and (laughs) oh he'll get that soon after a while he was like he was like you know what actually the day i buy the jets is going to be the worst day of my life because then i'll need a new mountain to climb yeah. Well, he says he says he has to buy the Jets. Then he has to win Super Bowls. Then once he hits that, he's not going to know what to do with his life. But um, I don't know. We'll see what day the Jets start winning Super Bowls. That's Ew, dude, that <laughs> might be a minute. Ew. They're going to have to enlist the help of a lot of superstars. At least they're not as bad as the Lions. Dude, the Lions are. Oh my God. I mean, I had Stafford on my fantasy team this year. Absolute shit the bed and. And then I had Kareem Hunt, if you know who Kareem Hunt is, from the from the Chiefs. You want and, to talk about a fantasy team that shit the bed this year? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know who's on my fantasy team. I, I drafted it. I'm the commissioner of my league. I drafted my team. I just got obliterated the first week. I looked at my team. <laughs> this sucks. 
I'm not even going to try. And I like, I haven't, I've hardly checked it since then. I've changed. I, I played one week with like six guys that were on by in my starting line. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's like, shit. Uh, well, the injuries really screwed me. And then, I mean, Kareem Hunt was an idiot, and he obviously hit that or he abused that or assaulted that girl that in oh, March yeah. or whatever that was. So, you know, he's gone. And then Marshawn Lynch had him, took a, took a you know leap of faith on him, did really well for me. And then he, like, tears his groin or something. So I'm like, well, yeah. shit. I'm like – and then Brandon Cooks gets a concussion, so all these guys start falling out, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I drafted third best in my league out of 10, <laughs> draft, like, in terms of, like, the draft results, and I'm last. I'm like, oh, yeah. like where does this make sense? Yeah, that's that's kind of the excuse I keep. I know I'm full of shit when I say it, but I, I won my league <laughs> last year. I got the last pick this year, so I just kind of keep blaming it on that every time. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I did win that. one game. I have no idea which, which one it was, and I have no idea how I won. But <laughs> I, I didn't go over. That's... That's the good news, but also... Yeah, at least you didn't do a Lions. Yeah, also, at least you didn't do a Lions. <laughs> I, just, I, was, I don't know. It's a mixture of that and also that I started all the all this stuff this year, too. I just haven't been paying attention to football at all. I really, yep. I really I haven't been watching, and I've been watching... I'm a Packers fan. By the way, I should not... Dude, we shouldn't get along. No, we should, be, we should be pissing at each like, other. We should just, all the rivals oh. of all my teams... Um, um, Sporting, I keep this down here. I'm not. I'm not a Penn State fan. What? But um, <laughs> talking to Michigan Detroit Lions over here, I shouldn't be talking to you at all. Hey, in my right. defense, I'm not a Michigan fan, so uh, oh, okay. I'm actually a Sparty fan. I, I, oh, okay. It could be. It could be worse or better, depending on how you look <laughs> at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have to. I don't know. I have to hate Michigan sports just because it's in Penn State. It's in your blood. It's got. They're in the I, Big Ten. You gotta I, hate them. I, it gets my friends pissed at me. I'm my league is most my fantasy league is mostly uh, Penn State. Well, it's all Penn State fans and a couple of my friends that go to Penn State. And I always tell them, like in terms of actual school and like real life, I would have gone to Michigan, Ann Arbor, first Dude, if, if I went to a D1 school for business. Like hands down, probably oh. Michigan. Dude, I can give you firsthand experience. Like, um, so. My, my friend goes to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor for nursing, and, you know, I lived in Ann Arbor last summer, be, or okay. this past summer, because I worked at Domino's Corporate as, as oh. an intern, as an operations innovation intern. So I was like the think tank at Domino's for that summer, and I lived in downtown Ann Arbor, and I was literally a mile away from the big house, and yeah. it was an incredible <laughs> experience, and uh, the culture in Ann Arbor is incredibly unique, incredibly diverse, a lot of, a lot of weird quirks and stuff but that's that's just to be expected in a big city yeah. like that where um the cultures all blend but the school like the school culture there was awesome like yeah. the the huge buildings like i i we were able me and my friends were able to um go down on the on the field of the big house and watch like black panther or uh yeah and and watch that movie up on the big screen so very fortunate but great great college atmosphere but as you know, I mean, colleges are getting a lot of flack now nowadays, mm-hmm. not only for the rising cost, but because of their viability. Like, do yeah. I really need college right. to, to succeed? And it's shitty to, to think about, like, because I think about, OK, what would I would have or what you know could I have done if I'd not gone to college and saved all that money? Right. But it, like college made sense for me because I want to have a corporate career 
and have a, a steady nine to five and eventually build up to where I can okay. walk away from that. But yeah. Yeah, but I'm getting off on a tangent now, but um, <laughs> that's Michigan, Ann Arbor, beautiful place, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just never – now, you said you go to a college called Northwood. Yeah, yep. Is very small private business small college. Small private business college. Okay, so yeah. very small school. I go – my college is Marywood uh-huh. uh, University. Uh, it's also small D3 school. Wouldn't call it a business school. They do have one of the better business schools for small colleges in my area, but – um. My story is, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent of this because no, anyone no who wants to hear this can hear it in my first episode that I put up. But I, in high school, I was just a huge music nerd, band geek all the way, like regional orchestra percussionist and 110% wanted to be a music teacher. So I went to Marywood because they have a, an outstanding music program. I got uh-huh. there. It tanked. I hated it so much. I was like, I, I hated the percussion instructor. I, maybe I shouldn't say this too loud, but um, I hated the instructor and percu- percussion instructor there. And it, I don't know, it just wasn't me. It wasn't vibing. I started just falling apart, having these meltdowns. So I kept talking to my parents about it, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Why aren't we still spending our money for me to do this? So I actually left one month into college. I took the rest of the year off. So when people ask me, I just say I took a gap year because ultimately i did i went for a month and i couldn't handle it i came back kind of wouldn't make sense myself. to spend money if you didn't know what yeah. you wanted to do wouldn't make sense yeah. to just kind of like try to stick it out um so i, I respect you for taking that gap year that's yeah uh, it's a tough thing to do and i know yeah. a lot of people that have done it but yeah, if a you're lot going, of, i'm a lot of ahead. people give you know my dad likes to say that all the time because he'll he's probably told people that story more than i have <laughs> But um, they say that they're kind of surprised he let me take a gap year and they kind of think it was the right thing to do. But I, I remember that phone call with my dad. I mean, I mean, I was in bad shape, dude. I was like falling apart in my room when I were like in the field at college. I called my dad and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to come back home, yada, yada, yada. And the only thing he told me was like, if you come back home, you have to get a job. You're aware of that, right? And I was like, yeah, I know. You know, I didn't work in high school. I didn't do anything like that because my parents were always just like, if you keep focused on your grades, we won't you know, worry about you getting a job or anything. And he was like, if you come home, you're going to have to work, you know, right here. And I was like, I don't know if I like it. I probably won't. But my options are I can stay here and hate it and pay them, you know, 20 grand a year to hate this. Or I could at least go home and still do something I hate, but at least money will be coming in instead of going out if I do that. Yeah, exactly. So I came home, got a part-time job as a cashier for seven twenty-five an hour. Not a good job at all, but it was honestly more than enough than I needed for anything. Right. At that point, even though it was like a hundred bucks a week that I was getting, it was like I didn't need money for anything. So money started collecting. And then I did that for the rest of the year until I went back to school. Um, last fall was my second attempt at freshman year. I went back for accounting and I'm kind of still in the mix of things that now because at the end of last semester, I changed it to accounting and finance, dual major, and now I'm thinking about just dropping the accounting and going to straight finance, but I'm business something. We'll just call it that, <laughs> and um, I forgot where I was going with that, and then over the summer this year, I, I work as a cashier still, now at Walmart for 11 an hour, which is a lot better than where I was. Way better, way yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is so much better. It's a better job, too, and 
I all I, I might do an episode on it one day. I, I hate people that just shit on Walmart, honestly, because compared to the job I had, like I love working at Walmart. I really do. It's people complain about so much with it as if it's so bad. It's really well, nice there. I think I think the negative connotation that comes with Walmart is that it's some big rich corporation. But yeah, if you think about it, Walmart's margins are razor thin. <laughs> the thinnest in the goddamn yeah, world. We're talking are. we're talking two percent net income margins. Yeah. Because they're passing off savings to in, in consumers. And that's on a and think about it, that's on revenues of five hundred billion a year. Yeah. And they have two percent margins? So yeah. I, yeah, so stop. I don't get the negative connotation yeah, that comes with Walmart. Like you can't pay employees twenty dollars an hour. It's just it's just not yeah. gonna happen. But eleven bucks an hour. Think about it. Eleven bucks an hour. If you're not, let's just say you're working like thirty hours a week. Thirty hours a week, and you're not really paying any bills. Like if you're living at home still, mm. um, which a lot of kids our age, that's the situation. Right. Think of the great opportunity that is to save, is. to invest, to invest. It's amazing. It's incredible. It and I think that if I didn't go to college, that's what I would have done. I think I would have built an incredible passive income stream. I probably would have been making thousands of dollars right now in passive income <laughs> right now because I pay, I pay for my college. My parents don't. Mm. And because I've received so many generous scholarships for my grades, right. like I'm extremely fortunate and I have a lot of gratitude for the people that have put me through school in terms of the private scholarships and stuff like that but right. imagine like i pay 40 grand or no like 35 grand a year for school if i had not done that i would have saved a shit ton of money and i honestly would have been working my ass off grinding right now right and just building my passive income stream and just continually investing all that stuff <laughs> and maybe i would have worked my way up into some some organization but yeah. that's not the path i took and not going to dwell on that um i Either way, yeah. we're still on the right path right now. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, I think I posted something about this recently. I don't even remember where, but I really do hate the the anti-collegeers that I call them in our because we're in that, you know, finance, online entrepreneurship, digital marketing, right. you know, realm. And a lot of them are very, very anti-college. Yeah. will like shun you if you go to college. I, I, I think that's dumb. I don't agree with that. Some of my absolute favorite people out there are like that. I don't know if you've ever watched Alex Becker. Uh, yep. his stuff like he is super anti-college and that is that is the only thing I disagree with him on he's one of my yeah. favorite o- online entrepreneurs but it's like I think it depends it depends on your situation it depends on yeah. your goals it depends on what you want now college will always exist for if you want to become a lawyer a doctor yeah. an engineer oh, all yeah. that stuff because those those positions will always be needed but yes. if you don't think if you want to go into trade school or something like that and make a ton of money there Go do it. If you want to be an entrepreneur right out of high school, go do it. Um, I'm not necessarily for or against it. I know I go yes. to college, but it, again, it depends and it depends on your situation. But think about this. Warren Buffett, third man, richest man in the world, has two degrees. Yeah. And now that was back when college was probably more <laughs> more esteemed and like highly yeah. looked upon. But but still, the principles still remains the same. And I forgot. I remember, I remember watching one video fact. It was on Business Insider. And it said that like 90% of millionaires have college degrees and yeah. not that that's necessarily a correlation because correlation doesn't right. mean causation, but, um, that's kind of, you know, a good indicator. It, right. It's somewhat, it's somewhat an indicator. So I think a lot of these, a lot of these individuals that did not go to college and are like very successful now are anti-college because they can be anti-college because they made it. 
you know. Right. So they they're in that position right. to be anti college yes. because they said I didn't need college, I did it, I made it on my own, and yeah. that's awesome, great for them. Yeah. And but that's not necessarily saying they wouldn't have made it if they went to college, even if they went to college. You know, they still right. probably would have made it based on the, their personality and who they are. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm 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 against the people that specifically say don't go to college. Right. Because you know where I stand, and I'm, you just said this, so we agree on this. Is like is the go if you want to mentality. It's a, it. I'm right. not people they have to go. You absolutely don't need to don't need for a college degree. I don't fall into the societal like you have to go to school. You have to. Yeah, the standards like oh, college, yeah. you have to do this step by step. Yeah. You know? But I'm also not like. Oh, college is gonna give you crippling debt and waste all your like. Most people that go to college get grants, get scholarships, get awards. Yeah, like that. it's very feasible. It's very feasible, especially yeah. like. And I, I'm, I'm living proof. Like, and I'm not a genius, but I did very well in school. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had like a 3.8 GPA or 3.85 GPA in high school. I got like a 25 on my ACT. Not the highest score ever. Um, right. but because of how I've networked and how well I did in my high school and how well I do now in college. Like my college GPA is way better than my high school GPA. It's like, almost it's a four, it's like pretty it's much a 4.0. It's so 0. weird how that works. Yeah. It's pretty much a 4.0 because I'm doing what I like. Um, th- it made college very feasible. Like I received a crap ton of scholarships, but you know, a lot of these people that um, made it, you know, like by themselves, you know, that how much can you really tell? You know, I respect a lot of these people, and they yes, they make money for themselves, and they did really well. But a lot of these people, they had backing from their parents and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I don't, I, I didn't have yeah, that. Based where I grew up, I didn't really grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't oh, have. I definitely didn't. Yeah, I didn't have wealthy parents. I didn't have a wealthy family. No business background in my family whatsoever. So I'm kind of like the pioneer of my family, and I'll, you know, and that's fine with me. I want to take my family to the next level. But a lot of these people. They had that backing, and that's fine, man, because you still have to do the work, and you still have to make it. Right. I'm just saying, like, because it, it take Gary Vee, for example. He had his father's and parents' wine – or like his parents' wine business. It was like mm-hmm. $3 million. But guess yeah. what? Even yeah. though he had that foundation and he yeah. didn't go to college, he grinded his ass off. He took yeah, it to the did. next level. He took it 30 to $30 million is what he always says, and then he built yeah. from there. He became a media company. So still, no doubt, a pioneer in his own right and still a mm. beast. It's still a grinder, but he Absolutely. still had that foundation, you know, and yeah. I, and this is what I re- truly believe. I truly believe no one is self-made. No one is self-made yeah. because everyone always has that, that le- leg up or that person to help them or that someone that comes along and gives yeah. them and guides them, you know, yeah. and it's just about giving them credit and, but realizing that that isn't all it takes to be, be successful. You still have to put in the work, put in the hours right. and grind. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know how, I don't know how I'd say it. I'd either say. <clears throat> No one is self-made or everyone is self-made. But there's no like in between. Like there's no this person right. is that person isn't. Because I, I'd almost say everyone is self-made just in the sense. You I, know, get again, I get what point you're I, making. I, yeah. I, again, it's it's the card thing, you know. It's not the cards you're dealt. It's how you play the hand. Because you know you're in our engagement groups and stuff like that. The uh, the Caitlyn Jenner post that yeah. I started putting up not too long ago. Oh, she is self-made. Oh, she's not self-made. I say she is because I don't care what kind of advantages she had or whatnot, because if 90% of the people that are bitching that she's not self-made had the same situation and the same advantages, they'd probably just piss it away or they'd spoil it for themselves somewhere or, you know, a couple of them make something out of it. That's a very good point. She still had a choice of whether to (laughs) make that makeup company or not. 
So she yep. still had that choice. So she made the choice and and decided to go with it. So yeah, that's a very good point. That is an like, extremely like good point. Like they're all like, oh, she was she was already rich. I was like, well, yeah, you know, some guy won the Powerball last year, and when's the last time you heard about him? Like, what did he do with it? You know, it's yeah, right. Self-made, no matter what you have, no matter what situation you're in, or you know, you could say nobody's self-made if you wanted to take that route. But basically, you know, the the playing field is level, ironically. Even though it's not level, more so sense. than more so than what people would think. Yeah. Because think about it, people that start that are disadvantaged or disadvantaged and start at lower levels, really, in my opinion, have um, more of an advantage because they have nothing to lose. So their mentality should be yep. just work, work. I mean, just grind your ass off. You have nothing to lose. The you know start off high and they're they're. They're fed all this crap by their parents, and they have a lot of money. They have they have everything to lose. They right. have everything to lose. Oh, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to go from ten. It's hard to go from ten to hundred million. It's yeah. not hard to go. It's not as hard to go from zero to say a hundred thousand. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's my opinion. And I hope that makes sense. It's like oh, it you does. you have <clears throat> you have this this you're more risk. Risk averse, I would say, if you're if you're a wealthy kid, because you're kind of you see a lot of kids like spending their money and mm-hmm. just doing luxurious things. But then you see a lot of like the kids on the lower level, they're just grinding oh, their yeah. asses off. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of it, and it's awesome to yeah. see. Another thing too, I, I was about to say this earlier. I don't know what distracted me, but I also think there's a huge advantage in coming up with nothing because because like you said, you know, you've got nothing to lose. That's a huge part of it. But it's also it. uh, financially it forces you to understand how to be more conservative understand to understand where your money's going so true so on and so forth i think that's the biggest advantage i have is like we i'm gonna say our household income when i was growing up was maybe twenty thousand a year on a good year like it was low but i'll tell you this goes back to what i was saying about my minimum wage job being fine for me too is because i just was raised to know what I need to spend money on, what I don't yeah. need to spend money on, and when I'm spending too much, when I'm not, and how to how to just actually think about it in general. You know, I learned to buy the off-brand stuff instead of the brand name stuff. I get I get in fights with people about this. Oh, they're not the same. Yeah, well, I don't care. Three, three, four dollars for the same pack of cookies is is substantial to me. <laughs> like, yeah, that well, you know? yeah, that adds over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that adds up over time. Think about it, if you do that mm-hmm. every week. Three, oh, four yeah. dollars. I mean, yeah. my God, it's $150 yeah. a year. <laughs> and that's exactly why I'm hustling cans and bottles. I hustle cans and, bo- like, cans and bottles, dude. Like, that cash, like, on an annual basis, I can make over $500 a year. Mm-hmm. 500 yeah. bucks? Anyone yeah. could use 500 bucks right now. I don't care what, like, yeah. who you are. Anyone yeah. could use $500. And I'm just doing it just by returning cans and bottles. Like, it's just, yeah. it's something that I'm, I'm just a hustler, dude. Like, I just want yeah. to do that. Yeah. But you're totally right. Like it makes you think very smart and act very frugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's nice to kind of be shoved into a corner, in a sense, and to actually have to live. Because just think of how much easier that makes it when you do become, you know, a six-figure earner or a millionaire. Well, right. Yeah. And you know, when you have all that money and you know how to live frugally, it just keeps adding up, and it just yes. keeps going up from there. And then you have, you know, more of a legacy. You just have more everything when that happens. And I think I always, you know, tell people that 
my spending habits aren't really going to change if I are if I am to become some multimillionaire someday. I'm yeah, still, mine wouldn't either. I'm it's, still, just, it's just who I am. You know, I'm still going to be eating Walmart brand cookies and buying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm driving around in like a $6,000 used car. So that I don't think I would do. I think I would buy myself a decent car when I come into money. Right. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean? I'd still be looking for the cheaper options and looking to save money whenever I can. Still be using oh, my for student, sure, man. student discount if I'm still in school at yeah. the time everywhere. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I use that student discount everywhere. I tell you, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just have such a pet peeve for the people that are so clung on to brands and so clung on to convenience rather, rather than just the coffee is like the biggest example you see everywhere, you know, Starbucks versus making your own at home every day, how much that saves you. And so many people, oh, it's $2, whatever, but it's like, seriously, yeah, just put in a little bit of effort for yourself. It'll pay off. It really will. That's exactly what Joe Money did a post on that. And the yeah. the difference. Yeah, Joe Money did a post on that. Shout out to Joe Money. And oh, yeah. I don't he think did a shout. But again, no, no. If you're somehow not following him on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but, uh, at, um, at Money, right. Um, but he made a post on that. And um, my God, the differences are astronomical. And, and yeah. just think like not only how much money you save, but how much money you you stand to earn from investing that money. Yeah. It's absurd. You know, that's why oh, yeah. K cups are like, eh, you know, it's like it's well, convenient, but it's like, but yeah, that's kind of the way I think about it too, is that I just kind of think of my actions to save a little bit. This is going to not make sense. Once I get, I think of my actions to just save a little bit as a way to pay for other stuff I like to do. So like we were talking about earlier, I started playing hockey a lot lately. That's kind of been eating up my money a little bit more than I'd like to admit because, you know, it's usually, Usually about ten bucks a week if I hold myself to only going to the rink once a week. Or maybe but it makes you happy. It makes 20 you bucks happy, right? Well, that's what I'm saying too. That, that's kind of how I justify it with myself. Is I think to myself, you know what? It's ten bucks for me to do this, and I live so frugally that sometimes it's like, damn, do I want to spend the ten bucks plus whatever gas it takes me to get there? But then I start to think to myself, you know, a lot of kids my age are putting so much money into drugs and alcohol. Let's be real. So many kids my age are putting money into just this useless senseless bullshit so many kids yeah. are buying dunkin donuts every single morning so and you know my, my hockey expense is every other kid's pot expense or coffee expense oh yeah and think about it this way want. think about it this way too like you can look at it three different ways like you're being healthy by being active you're, you're like you're being happy by having fun and you could potentially be networking depending on how you look at it if yeah you're really meeting people yeah. there no, so so you could argue that that's an investment in myself too. Yes, yes. Uh, it, but it again, is. the thing is. But again, that's like what Gary Vee says. If it makes you happy, man. Yeah. That's what that's what all of this is for. Like money, yeah. money doesn't make me happy. Money is a means to an end to let me do other things. Like what yeah. I enjoy doing, I enjoy going to golf or going to Top Golf with my friends, mm. drinking some beers, having fun, playing golf, and just enjoying our time together. That's that's life. Money is not the meaning of life. It, right. It's a means to an end. That's what a lot end, of yeah. people say. Uh, what did I? I read something on Twitter the other day. I forgot exactly how it went. It said something like, someone tweeted that they had a professor that said that money doesn't make me happy, but it gives me a higher quality of misery. <laughs> 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 I was like, 
you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, no, I thought that was really fun. Okay, we are we are approaching an hour, and there are still a couple things I wrote down that I wanted to get to you on. And yeah. I told you, you get into this. Yeah, it's fun, man. One, two, three hours. Um, what did they already ask you? I asked you that. Okay, real quick question. You just did a post on Fortnite, like right yes. before we started. And I'm not going to talk about Fortnite for you 12-year-old boys that are listening to this getting really excited right now. But I just wanted to ask you real quick. I looked back at all your uh, your page. What are you yeah. using for content? To create it? it? Yeah. So um, that goes between Canva and Vengage, mostly uh, a program called Vengage. And then, like, you know, like to put the images on there, like to get them, like, um, what do you call it, like, like 3D looking or, like, um, yeah. completely cut yeah. out. You can just use Paint uh, 3D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can just do like post it or um, paste it into 3D Paint, magic select it, and it'll like. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Solidify the figure itself. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I, I don't say your content looks pretty good. I was like, damn, what's he? Using? Appreciate it. Yeah, I it's I've got to have a blend between like entertainment value and educational value. Yeah. You know, I can't deny the power of the edu- of the entertainment value. I can't deny it. Oh, you, know, yeah. you have to you have to create engaging content that's just fun mm-hmm. to absorb and interact with. And yeah. I don't know how that post is doing now. I was hoping I think it got 160 likes in under an hour. So I was hoping it would actually get up to 200. But um, my last three posts before that are doing extreme numbers from the amount of followers I have, like, like 600 likes per post, which is absolutely absurd. Like my engagement yeah. rate, my engagement rate is extremely awesome. It's extre- like a way above average. And I'm very thankful to my followers for that. Like they're extremely yes. loyal and extremely engaging. And that is super sick. Yes. All right. Well, that answers that question. What else did I have for you? Oh yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this. You're, you're the one doing that, that recycling all yeah. the time and always posting about that. I I don't know what I'm really going to ask you about that, but I really I really love seeing that because it's first of all it's something I've done or tried to do before because you you just take those to Walmart, don't you? And Walmart you know, and then it, whatever cans don't get recycled there, I go right to Meyer. I don't know I don't know if you have any Meyer in Pennsylvania, but Meyer no. is like a <laughs> like like it's like a local it's like a regional um brand. Awesome. Yeah. Do they have those same is that like a company that's putting those machines in Walmart's because we don't have those like machines anywhere which is what is i'm not sure for me about it i like i wish we had those where you just you know you just drop them in and it yeah. gives you it's like a coin star basically yeah i'm very plastic. fortunate again yeah. i'm very fortunate living in michigan because michigan i think might be the only state that offers 10 cents per bottle oh, and really? can yeah per bottle and yeah. can 10 cents and um I've heard a lot. I have had people from California tell me like, we don't have any recycling places out or like for at stores and stuff. I'm like, well, damn. I was like, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, it, and you think California, it's like one of the most yeah. liberal areas and like most, uh, um, yeah. Environmental like, um, friendly. yeah. And, yeah. but it doesn't have that. But yeah. I told him like, Hey, go, you go collect the aluminum, aluminum cans and turn them for scrap value. Like that's yeah. another avenue you can take. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's what I do because we don't have those. I, I can't. Those machines have got to be spreading. Like that, I, I imagine they're gonna have to be everywhere. I would hope couple, so. I, I mean, like, recycling makes economic sense. It makes economic it sense. Does. And I'm gonna do a post on that um, in and the coming days. But I don't know. Some things with the whole like environment versus economics type of just push and pull that has been just pissing me off lately. But we do do that. We do save all of our cans and sometimes pick up cans and crush them down. And, you know, yep. we have a scrapyard 
around here. And then the price, you know, changes. So we'll like drive by, see how much aluminum's worth that day and try to get it at the best point. We'll make, I don't know, we usually make like 20 bucks off of like a fucking trash can full of aluminum cans. But I wish we had those. And what actually just happened recently is that not too long ago, our like garbage company provided us all with two separate bins, one for trash that, you know, non-recyclables and one for recyclables. So, yeah. you know, we were at least recycling plastic and cardboard and all this and that and the other. And now all of a sudden we got a notice the other day that prices went up. So now they changed their whole system. They're only taking plastics on these weeks and cardboard on these weeks and whatever is that and the other. So now we're just kind of back to, you know, we still recycle Square cardboard one. because they take cardboard every week. But other than cardboard, you know, I mean, I feel I, I don't like it, but we're throwing plastic bottles and just the and burning it and doing all that now because yeah prices went up on us and now all of it it's like someone's got to decide if we're more concerned with the environment or if we're more concerned with our paycheck and just you know give us a foundation to work with like being an economics an economics student like i understand there's actually it's actually more costly to abuse the environment than it is to not take care of it or or to than it is to take care of it because yeah in the future, look, it's coming down to it. We're gonna have to clean it up. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Like and and suffer. Like we're suffering in terms of like living conditions, uh, human health hazards, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's extremely costly to not be um, environmentally friendly and to not recycle. And that's why I do it. Not only because <laughs> I can get decent cash, but also because yeah. uh, I believe in you know preserving the planet. Because as much as Elon Musk wants to go to Mars, that's gonna be very tough. And I'm not, I'm not doubting that. I'm not doubting that we will, we'll, we won't, or I'm not doubting that we'll go there. But um, yeah. planet Earth is literally number one. It's, yeah. it's the closest thing we have to us. Like yeah. we're on it. So yeah. <laughs> we gotta take care of it. Yeah, let's take care of us first. I am a very right. us first mentality. Like it's been trouble sometimes. I say that, you know, within the planet, with the country, I always will be on the podcast. I'll say, you know, just in the offhand chance that other countries are listening to this. I love you. You're awesome. I'm not, I don't have anything against you, but like America first. That's where <laughs> I am. That's how I'm going to be. If you don't like I it. I think everyone thinks that way for their country, you know? I mean, and ideally you want to look out for yourself first because once you build yourself up, then you're able to um, help other people yes. if you're in that capacity to do that. Yes. That's absolutely true, but that's awesome. There's a whole, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever watched Out of Burns Everything. On True TV. Adam, yeah, yeah, I have. Also now on Netflix, he did an episode on, like, the push and pull between <laughs> environmental practices and how much it actually costs us. It, it was really, it was really interesting episode, and he was talking about how, like, in a lot of cases too, it, like, I don't know, my kind of opinion just on environmental issues, in a way, is like, I don't think we're gonna stop what's happening at this point. Like, we can limit it. We can kind of try to... Uh, it's irreversible. We, yeah, it's not reversible. We can prevent certain measures from this point forward to kind of slow down the destruction of the Earth or to, like, you know, there's stuff we could do about it, but certain, like, it's gonna happen. It's just the nature of what's happening now, and there's no reason to really dwell on trying See, to... Society is much like the stock market. It's boom and bust. Mm-hmm. It really is. Hence yeah. the Dark Ages. Yeah. Well, really, the dark ages weren't as bad as people make it out, but, um, but yeah, that's exactly how it is, and yeah, um, it's a matter of having innovators like Elon Musk, for example, 
um, really trying to get people on these technologies, like, you know, know, solar (laughs) energy. Like, have you ever thought about the power of putting solar panels in the Sahara Desert? Like, (laughs) just like a bunch of square miles. Imagine the power in the wattage that would come out of that. Now, I know there's caveats that come with that, like erosion or like like hurting the panels from like from sand and stuff and all that shit. But imagine. Yeah. Like, or even in North America, like the Mojave, like, or like the Mojave Desert, or something like that. Right. My God, like it's just Crazy. it would be awesome. That's nuts. I love listening to guys like Elon Musk, which I shouldn't say guys like Elon Musk because no one's like Elon Musk. He's but his like, own, yeah. He's he just, just he thinks on another level. That's the way I explain him to everybody that yeah. doesn't listen to him. It's just, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just a different level of thinking exactly i i want to spend a day in his uh mind i love listening to him talk to neil degrasse tyson about stuff because your mind just starts like melting when you listen to those they're just so enlightened and um they they question everything they challenge everything um i i want to someday with someone get into one of these flying car debates but i'll save that for another time because i almost I almost went up a wall we were actually talking about in my english class the one day and people were saying like oh yeah flying cars are going to be around in the next like couple of years i'm like no they're not they're so impractical we don't need them how are you going to have traffic lights in the air <laughs> i've never even thought of that but well, i think about it. how how are you going to control traffic lights like, yeah. air traffic controlling for airplanes is already hectic enough it's already very stressful so yeah i'm i'm a big mixed between first of all scientifically just getting a car to fly is not practical and possible at the same time. I, I like the way oh. that neil neil degrasse tyson put it he said we already have flying cars they're called helicopters because that's what a flying car would be at this point yeah. it, and, it, and if it had enough force like energy going down towards the earth in order to actually make it fly it would be so ungodly loud that yes. you know Imagine, like, your friends coming home from the bar at two in the morning in, like, Jamaica and, you know, you're sleeping and, like, a fucking helicopter just lands on your apartment building. <laughs> just wakes right. up everyone within, like, a couple miles of it. Oh, it would be such hell. And also, I like the point Elon Musk brings up. is like, uh, it would be very <clears throat> stressful if you were just, like, flying your car through the air. Because we all, we all hate cars and, you know, they break, they do this, they do that, they do the other. Like so, first of all, it's stressful thinking. You know, I've had my car die on me before while I was driving, like down the highway. It just shut yeah. off, and like that was scary enough. Imagine if you're flying a car and it just yeah, you're screwed. Working. You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah, or, or even, exactly. or it's even more stressful then because it doesn't have to be you. It can be the person flying above you. Their car dies. They come down. They take you. You take the person below you. It's it's a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, it'll never happen. And so. I mean, there's a lot of kinks to work out if that's ever going to happen. But um, I think that wraps it up. So for anyone, Sweet. you know, spectating, listening, viewing, I, I, I don't know. I never know if I'm going to put these up as videos or not, depending on. You might as well, man. I, I, yeah, I think I might as, as well. Point. This is, as Gary this B says, just put your shit out there. Yeah. So, um, guys, this is Noah. He is... <clears throat> on instagram at finance and freedom i don't know where else he is but who cares just follow him on instagram that'll that'll work <laughs> you guys all know me justin phillips my instagram is at justin rp56 if you want to follow that and i'll put you know those little handles and stuff in the description 
of this episode. But that wraps it up. Um, dude, I want to have you on again sometime because we could just keep going. We're yeah, for sure, man. It's right now. So I want to wrap this one up before someone sees it. And it's like, oh, God, I don't have the attention span for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, there, uh, there's more to talk about. So I'll, I'll stay in touch. Yeah, it was a blast. So, man. Thanks for having me on. Until next time, guys, I'm going to stop this recording. Ow!